0: Welcome to Coffee with the Docs. We are a holistic lifestyle podcast where we give integrative solutions and bring brilliant experts to help you thrive, mind, body, and spirit. We are doctors, Nicole Huffman and Abby Kramer, and we're so happy you're here. everyone welcome to coffee with the docs we are super excited about today's episode for you guys i think human design has been talked about a lot more now i think anybody on instagram who's sort of been diving into that world and learning about generators and manifestors and the different types is going to find this really interesting and if this is something you've never heard of before Erin um, Claire Jones does an awesome job of explaining it and I think you'll just get so much from this episode even if it's totally foreign to you
1: yes I loved it and how she broke it down because in the past when I've looked into human design I literally enter my birth information pull it up and like have a seizure <laughs> it's like so intense <laughs> to me like what <laughs> I like don't even know where to start. So I'm just like, forget it. I don't know. I'm a right. You just close
0: it immediately. Like I
1: can't wrap my mind around it. And she does an amazing job. I think it just giving you the basics and then giving you tools on how to dive deeper if you want.
0: Yeah. And she was so fun to record with. Like she's really easy to talk to and she makes everything really digestible. And I think, you know, what's cool is like you and I are generators, but we looked at our charts and they're like, completely different and Mm -hmm. so even if you are a generator and like your partner's a generator it doesn't mean that you know you there's still so much more information which I think is definitely something you could dive into if you guys decide to do her blueprint and since we're just on that topic, if you decide to do her blueprint, she is offering all of our audience a discount, which is so awesome. And the discount code is coffee, all capital letters. And that'll be in the show notes too, but that will really go into what all of these spaces mean and the diagram, because yeah, if you just pull it up, it's super confusing. It's like, what? So
1: yeah, I think it's amazing that she offers that as an option. I think it's like a it's like
0: a 30 page printout all about your um, chart. So yeah. And just how you process things. Like I thought it was really interesting. I learned so much about that open thyroid space for myself, because Mm -hmm. I think in our, obviously we look at the thyroid in a chemical way, like, is it being supported? And, you know, are you struggling with hypothyroid or hyper, all the different things that go along with that in a chemical sense, but from more of an emotional sense, it's really like, are you speaking your truth? And she's like, yeah, you really just need to listen more. And I was like, oh, like, it doesn't have anything to do. You know what I mean? It's like the opposite, a totally different take yes. than like what I've. Then like, speak your truth, whatever. It's like, mm,
1: maybe you should simmer it down, listen to people more. Yeah. Maybe stop
0: talking. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh,
1: you're like, well, I have well, a
0: podcast. So I, I don't
1: know. know. <laughs> I was like, it's funny because both of us have the open thyroid and we have a podcast. Right. But I think it's also the concept I loved how she spoke about with the throat center of like not always thinking of what you have to say. That's definitely a habit for me when you're having a conversation or even like being interviewed on a podcast or whatever. You're already thinking about what you're going to say next and you're not just processing
0: what the person is saying. And I was like, oh, that's so good. I, I actually have been thinking about that a lot more lately so that when I did a pod recorded a podcast today with Dr. Jill, I really, I wrote a couple questions down, but I didn't look at them. So I just listened to what she was saying and then asked the question based on, and it was way more for me, it felt like a really present interview. And I think, so maybe it's just part of that too. Like we have a podcast, but it's really listening to our guests and Uh, I Mm -hmm. thought it was really fascinating. Yeah, for sure. And the gut response stuff. Yeah, you guys will get so much out of it, even just understanding um, what she goes into. And I definitely hope we can get her on for a part two.
1: Absolutely. And we also just wanted to share with you guys, we're recording this in the mixed of Alexandrama, drama. We still don't know who the president is, so that's great. So if anyone is feeling stressed out, check out one of our partners, Vervita nutritional products. They have supplements and beautiful essential oil blends. We're both prescribing them to our patients a lot right now in light of current events. Um, we love the supplement calms. It does just that, helps keep you more even, keel and calm. And the present oil or present moment oil blend is also great for stress and promoting sleep. So if you guys order with that, you can order with our code is coffee. Correct. For that as well. It's just the game. Like ooh. the code's coffee <laughs> unless we tell you guys otherwise, but I'm 99% sure. I'm pretty
0: sure it's coffee. triple
1: check the show notes, but it's coffee and you save some money on shipping.
0: Yeah. So and it's for. awesome. I think the calms is great. For at night before bed, just to like calm a busy mind. It's great in the morning if you wake up with that anxiety of already, like I have so much to do today, or I already looked at social media and now I'm like off in a tizzy and present moment. You can diffuse it. You can put it on parts of your body Um, you can like rub it on your heart. You know, I mean, I think they all have such like versatile uses. So enjoy those as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, the last thing I wanted to mention is as we're recording this, we just hit over 10,000 downloads. Yay.
0: It's amazing. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting. And we're super excited about that.
1: Yeah. We so, so appreciate every one of you guys. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode.
0: All right, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with the Docs. Today, I have Aaron on with me. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for being here.
2: Of course. Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, I'm really, really excited about today's conversation. And as we were just chatting about, I think this episode goes live 11:11, which is really fun. But today's the God, it's day. A special day
2: for me. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's such a fun day. I love 11 11. So I was like, this is a perfect interview for that. But we are recording. Well, we're still in this like weird limbo after the election. So,
2: <laughs> like, Which we were talking. Like, Go ahead. ahead. No, it's just, it's limbo time. We were just like, wow, we didn't really think about this when we planned it. That we were just like, I yeah. told her I didn't sleep last night. So, but you yeah. know what? It's, it's a beautiful time to take a little bit of a break from the
0: news. I think so too. Yeah. So I'm excited to dive in. So first, what I'll do is we ask every guest two questions and then we'll get into all the nitty gritty stuff. So our first question is, what is something you're drinking right now? Like what's one of your favorite beverages?
2: Oh my god! Well, I've got two beverages with me right now. Um, one is I like had stopped drinking coffee because I just like didn't like being addicted to it. But I did in the time of COVID have resumed that habit, um, and I actually have just been like so appreciating it. So I think that like my partner's been making coffee, so I have my coffee. Nice. Um, and I've been enjoying that. And a friend this weekend made me like coffee with like maca and like yakon syrup and Ooh. cinnamon and like, Oh, it was so good. So I'm going to find like my new blend. Um, yeah. and then I'm also, I've been drinking, I'm drinking a coconut charcoal super aid.
0: <laughs> oh my God. That uh, sounds perfect for right now.
2: <laughs> I know exactly. I'm like it's a little detoxing, hydrating. So, yeah. um, those are the two I'm probably like counteracting each other by like That's... detoxifying and detoxifying, <laughs> but, um, they both feel necessary right now.
0: I love that. I've never so maca has such like a an intense taste to me that mm. I've never thought about sort of masking it in a coffee. I think that's yeah. really
2: fascinating. It's also good in smoothies.
0: Yeah, I've done the smoothie route, and I'm sort of like on a it's smoothie so break. When it gets cold here, I'm like, ah, I don't want anything cold. But like. in a coffee is really fascinating. I think I'll yeah. try that. I love Yukon syrup. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, amazing. it's so
2: smoky. Yeah.
0: I know. I it's so different. It. And then the other question we ask everyone is
2: what is your latest biohack? So I don't know if this counts as a biohack, but I would say like my latest one, especially this year has been, so I live in New York, I live in Brooklyn and I live two blocks from Prospect, Prospect Park. And I think spending so much time inside you know I'm now starting every day with like an hour an hour and a half walk outside Ooh. and like it's just so it really changes the my state and also just like the day to kind of just like start my day by spending so much time outdoors and just gives me a totally different perspectives so I think just like spending more time walking and yeah. just like slowing down the morning has been really useful for me
0: oh I love that I also love Brooklyn I haven't been there for a long time but what a fun
2: area I love it so much
0: yeah. It's so yeah. fun.
2: Good night nice right now, actually. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Has it? I was going to say, have a lot of people, I mean, just totally off topic, but have a lot of, <laughs> have you felt like New York has felt more empty? Like all we hear is masses of people leaving the city. Like, does it even feel like that?
2: It really doesn't. I know in the debates, yeah. Trump is like, it's a ghost town. And everyone in New York was like, no, it's not. I think <laughs> right. that, like, yeah. Um, I definitely haven't had friends that have, like, let go of their places, mostly because they are in other places and they don't want to pay double rent. Yeah. But, like, in my neighborhood, I live in Park Slope, which is a lot of families. Like, I have seen no moving trucks. No one has moved from my building. So I think that, like, some people are moving if they weren't really rooted here in the first place. But, like, it's felt, like, so alive to me. Like, walking in the yeah. park on weekends, like, there are, like, Zumba classes and yoga classes and <laughs> personal training. It's just, like, it feels so alive in such a beautiful way. So it felt really refreshing. So it hasn't felt dead to me. I also have not been in Manhattan, so I can't really speak to the vibe there.
0: Right. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's backtrack a little. I'm just going to have you introduce yourself to our audience.
2: Okay, cool. Um, My name is Erin Claire Jones, and I live in New York, as we talked about, and I work with a system called Human Design, which basically is, I know we'll talk about what it is, but it basically is a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth that really gives you your energetic blueprint and how you're really wired to thrive, Um, career, relationships, health, and beyond. And so I've been doing this for about five years now, and my work is with individuals, but also with teams, kind of helping engineer teams with a little bit more awareness of how to fully leverage your people.
0: Ooh, I love that. Teams like corporate kind of stuff or like Mm -hmm. any businesses, small businesses? Any businesses, you know,
2: it's sometimes like, you know, teams within larger teams or startups you know it's not there's not like a brand of team it's not like only wellness or only you know tech it's more like if there's a founder that's really inspired to kind of like level up their team's performance by better understanding each other and they're open to alternative modalities like they're the perfect people you know but I can never really predict who those people will be but like when you have one person buy in it's just like magic Um, but it's still very new in that space that was kind of what brought me into human design in the first place because I came from the world of startups and I was like oh Oh my God, this would be amazing. But um, it's really powerful, powerful work with yeah, teams. How did you get into it? So I discovered human design in 2015 in a very serendipitous way. You know, I was at a gathering in New York and a guy sat next to me And he was like, I want to look up your human design. I'd never met him before. And I was like, okay. And so he basically looked at my human design on his phone and we can include a link for you guys to look yours up if you like. Um, And he basically started reflecting back to me all the stuff that felt so like intuitive. Like it truly felt like he was reading me in such an Accurate and deep way, but it also felt like I never allowed myself to kind of own all the things that he was talking about. And I was just like, I felt like a real sense of relief that night. I was like, oh my God, I gotta be who I am. Like, I've been trying so hard to be everything but that. And he ended the conversation and was like, you know, I think that we're really meant to work together. And like, I'll say that human design is not predictive. Like, he just was sort of feeling, I think, uh, um, a chemistry, but also just like observed compatibility in our designs and so I actually ended up building a business with him for two years where we kind of built a business focused on human design and business um, but it was a little bit early it really didn't feel like people were ready so and then I ended up launching my own practice in early 2018 and I've been doing that ever since and now my boyfriend is also my business partner um, oh, but it's been fine. a real I, I would say rocky but just like it has been an unpredictable journey and I think what I've learned more than anything is that even though I was so certain early on that human design could be transformative for people I also like I had to kind of align with the timing, you know, the fact that people weren't ready. I was like, I got to just keep mastering the thing. And when they're ready, I'll be here. And like, I was very lucky that people got ready, but they were definitely not when I started sharing about human design.
0: Oh, that's so fascinating. I mean, I think so many people are way more open to, to all of these different ways of deeper dives into yourself more than ever before. So it's like the perfect time to be an expert in your field, which is so incredible. Yeah. So I know you dove into what human design is a little bit. Is there any like more detail that you want to dive into before yeah. we go into it? Okay.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, there are so many configurations, like it is so intricate and so specific, but at the highest level, there are five different types. And I think that human design, as I mentioned before, is not a predictive system. It's not going to be like, okay, you're going to be like a doctor or you're going to, you know, meet a person at this time, but it's more right. like helping people understand their unique operating system. And in a way where it's like, you don't have to align with it, but often when you do align with it, you'll find so much more flow in your life and you'll tend to experience a lot more resistance when you're trying to be something that you're not. So I think more than anything, whether it's individually or in partnership or with families or work, it basically kind of gives people permission to be themselves. And I think it's like rarely about telling people stuff they don't know. It's stuff that they like so intuitively know, but they haven't ever allowed themselves to step into like- I shared that first experience for me feeling a real sense of relief. Like I just see that over and over again where people are like, oh my God, I feel so validated. Like I really haven't seen, I haven't given myself permission to own any of this. And like often when they do, they'll find so much more success and satisfaction in all the ways.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Well, why don't we start by going into, you said there were like five main different types. Why don't Mm -hmm. we start going into those?
2: Cool. So high level, there are manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. I will say this is the first distinction. There is so much more, you know, So if you're like, I don't know, like me and my partner about generators, but we're really different. Just know this is the first step. There's so much more underneath it. So manifesting generators and generators are basically, so you're a generator, correct? Yeah. Cool. So manifesting generators and generators are basically the people that have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and make things happen. They're meant to kind of wake up in the morning with a full tank of energy to use up their energy in super satisfying ways throughout the day and then kind of crash and wake up recharged. If they haven't fully exhausted their tank, they might go to bed and feel like really depleted or drained. And often one of the biggest lessons for both of these types is around boundaries. Like because you have so much um, innate vitality and life force, people can really want to take advantage of it. And not in a malicious way. It's like, hey, can you hang out with me? Can you do this for me? And so I think it's so important for both of these types to have incredibly strong boundaries and trust that the more that they say yes to what excites them, the more energy they will have and the more they will uplift everyone around them. And the more they're saying yes, just because they think they should, the quicker their battery will drain. And the less able they will be able to kind of tune into the vitality that they naturally carry. Like- If somebody's like, I tell them they're generator. they're like, I don't feel like I have much energy. I don't feel like I can do much. I'm like, are you excited about what you're doing? Like, absolutely not, you know? So like, it's just like, that's the thing that frees you to feel that kind of natural doing creative energy. And so the difference between the two is that manifesting generators are kind of multi-passionate by nature and often thrive when they have their hands in a lot of different things. And so often they've been made to feel scattered or like they're doing too much, but like that's where their magic is. It's like pivoting from one thing to another kind of based on what they have the energy for in the moment. And also manifesting generators can move very quickly, but in doing so they can skip a few steps along the way. So it's also good to have people around them that can like handle the step-by-step whereas generators like you are more about kind of mastery going really deep into something and then when it's time moving on and the last piece that I would share about both those types is that we all have a strategy in human design and your strategy is basically magnetism the idea is that you're not really meant to chase after anything life is meant to come to you and your work is to kind of keep your awareness open and see what inspires your gut response and as soon as you get that gut response you can go make something happen but not before that so how does that resonate that. with you before we go into the other types?
0: Yeah, no, I think it definitely resonates with me. I feel like it's interesting because I feel like I tend to have my hand in a lot of different things, but maybe that's a piece where I need to sort of like not finish one thing, but really make sure it's like up and running before I start something new, which I'm not always great at. Because so I'm like, oh, I've got this idea, and then it's yeah. like wait a second, like maybe just let's like focus on this, even if it's super exciting and I have a lot of energy around it. Cause that is true. I do feel like I love what I do a lot. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I have a full-time practice and I also love podcasting and I also love creating online courses and I, you know, I mean, there's like all totally. these different things. So I do feel like I have a lot of energy and go to bed pretty wiped out. Um, but I think the piece that's interesting is because I'm not a manifesting generator, would that mean maybe don't get too all scattered and like concentrate until things? Okay.
2: Well, no, not necessarily. I think that if you feel like doing a lot of things is feeling really good and sustainable for your energy, then like keep doing it. Yeah. You know, I think that like, you definitely have a tendency in your design to have like lots of ideas and to be kind of inspired by everything. And so I think the biggest work for you is to just like check in with your gut to make sure that like what you're focusing your energy on is like what you have the energy for, but also like what you have the energy for right now. Yeah. Maybe pursue all the inspirations. It might be like, okay, this one right now. And then maybe this one in a month, you know? So just like checking in on the timings to make sure you're kind of not overextending yourself.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think boundaries have been a really big thing I've mastered. Mastered is like a I only say that word because I've had some colleagues be like, your boundaries really inspire me. And I'm like, oh, but I mean, they, they really take work to be able to create boundaries because people kind of just think you're a jerk. And it's like, oh, it's not that it's like, you almost just have to have to make them right.
2: Yeah. And it is kind of like, it is cultivating this like healthy selfishness where it's like trusting that, like when I follow my own desires and I'm saying yes to something because I'm so genuinely lit up by it, everyone will benefit.
0: Right. You know I mean? Right. It's not
2: just me benefiting. Like I'm going to be such a pleasure to be around. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I'm so much energy. But like, if I'm saying yes to a social gathering or to a work commitment or to a podcast, just because I think that I should, people aren't going to feel it. They're not going to feel like that kind of juicy, vital potential that's within me. And so just knowing that like how you actually are best of service is being so tuned into and so kind of in integrity with your desires and where your energy wants to go. I
0: love that. I think that's a really good way to help people who struggle with boundaries to be like, it's actually benefiting the person you're saying no to, even if it doesn't seem like that.
2: Yeah. You know, I think there is a sense of like, oh my God, is this like selfish? It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, this is how you have the impact that you're meant to. But obviously people are like, can I really do that? But it is, it is such a, it requires some like re rewiring to actually give yourself permission to do that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Go on to that. Well, what, what type are you? I'm a
2: projector. Okay. Like tell I'm us projectors. about that one next. So projectors are really here to kind of be the leaders, the guides, the advisors, the teachers, not here to do all the doing. And so, so much of being a projector is really learning how to honor the ebbs and flows of your energy and not getting lost in the doing. So when I talked about like sitting with that, my former business partner that first night and like feeling like a lot of permission, like I had been like, I had to be like the hustler. I was like, I'm going to work so hard. I'm going to do so much. I'm like, I just wasn't great at it, you know? And I think so much of being a projector is trusting that your gift is really in your perspective, your ability to see other people, your ability to be very sensitive and tune into other people's energy, your ability to effectively guide their energy as a coach, a leader, a CEO, a day- therapist, anything, you know, and I think that like, that's such a powerful also, you know, rewiring to be like, it's not about how much I do and how hard I work. And the more I rest and take care of myself and learn the better I will be at what I do. You know, and often projectors are so good at working with other people because they're just like so tuned into other people's energy and can be such effective guides for them. Not because they're telling people what to do, but more because they're just asking the right questions. Um, And often projectors love systems. They love anything that helps them understand people and how they work. Like when I worked at startups before I discovered human design, like my obsession was always just like, how are people working together? What do they need? You know, it's just like, that was always like where my head was at. Um, And the strategy for us as projectors is waiting for a sense of recognition and invitation. So because we bring a different energy to the table, a different perspective, not here to do all the doing, it's important to feel so invited in and authentically recognized with any commitment. Because if we're brought into something and expected to operate like a generator, you know, it'll burn us out pretty quickly. And so, you know, I just want to remind projectors that is not meant to be a strategy that disempowers you or limits you. You know, it's just meant to be a thing that protects your energy and makes sure you only invest it in people and places that are actually ready for you. Um, And I think how I worked with that as a projector and especially as a projector entrepreneur is Um, I've kind of made it my job to make myself visible. Like I share about what I do in a really broad, authentic, consistent way and like kind of let the right people come. Whereas my first iteration of my human design company, I was like pitching people and reaching out specifically. And like that really didn't work. So it's really about like making myself visible in a really broad way and like letting the right people come.
0: Ooh, I love that. And so if it's like, if you embrace that, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm not working hard or anything like that. It's like, no, I'm doing exactly what my design is meant to be. And then the right people come, which is probably actually really refreshing because you're able to sit back a little bit more.
2: Totally. And just knowing it's like, I'm just going to be super authentic and inspired and like not super salesy and like let the people come if they want to. And I will say that like, you know, it's been so much more successful for me as an entrepreneur than like any of the pitching or reaching out that I used to do. Um, and it's just like, it's a fun thing to play with, you know? And again, yeah. like I, there's a, one of our biggest shadows as projectors is, is like being super overzealous and working too hard. So like, that's always the thing that I'm working with. There's definitely that tendency to just like keep going and going and going. So it requires practice to really learn how to honor those ups and flows.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, cool. Yeah. What's another type?
2: Uh, Then we've got manifestors. So manifestors are basically the ones that are really here to initiate. These are people that are here to kind of get things started, get the ball rolling. Um, Not always here to do all the doing themselves, but often just to get something off the ground. And often for manifestors, it is so important to feel a sense of freedom and autonomy and control in whatever it is they do. If they're in an environment where they're being told what to do or manage or guided in any way, it's probably going to be pretty challenging for them. And so like if, you know, they're very naturally entrepreneurial working for their own, but if they're working for a company, it's just making sure they have their their own domain of freedom to work within. And you know they often are pretty comfortable solitude and being left alone to do what they please. They can kind of see the future and see where things are going, but feel like everyone else is a little bit behind the times. We call these people innovators in the context of business. And the strategy for manifestors is to to initiate. So for you, it's waiting to respond. For me, it's waiting for an invitation. For manifestors, there's no waiting. You know, when that urge arises within them, it's making it happen. And the second part of their strategy is about informing. And basically, not only initiating, but kind of keeping the people around them. In the loop of what they're making what they're choosing and when if they're not communicating what they're doing people can become very resistant but if they're just keeping people in the loop they'll probably find so much more ease in their kind of path and manifestations
0: Ooh, it almost sounds like somebody who like one version of a manifestor could be like someone who starts a bunch of different companies or something but like maybe doesn't
2: yeah exactly
0: maybe doesn't stay too involved
2: yeah it's like here's the idea and like when it's time to hand it off and not get lost in the doing oh very cool And then we have reflectors and reflectors are the last type it's 1% of the population. So much more rare. And these people are incredible incredibly sensitive to their physical environment like you're actually incredibly sensitive to your physical environment too so it can be true for any type but it's like really pronounced with reflectors um, because they basically magnify whatever space they're in and okay. so the magic of reflectors is that their identity is always shifting based on where they are and who they're around and when it is like what time it is they might feel like a generator or like a manifesting generator or like a projector or like a manifestor. and so their work is to not figure out who they are or try to be just one thing but embrace that who they are is always evolving And so I always say the more helpful question to ask themselves, this is true for you too, is not like, who are you, but like what feels like you today and like express in that way. And to be so ruthless about the people and spaces they're in because they're gonna magnify whatever space that is. In the context of business, we call them evaluators because they've just got such a unique objective perspective. So similar to projectors, it's really good to be in spaces and in environments where their perspective feels so invited in and so recognized and also so important for them to honor the ebbs and flows of their energy And while it's important to be around people that really uplift and empower them, and it's equally important to kind of carve out plenty of time to be alone, just to kind of disconnect from all the energy that's not theirs.
0: I wonder too, then, could you look like if there was a a company or whatever, and you brought in a reflector and you could almost like, see how their energy is which would reflect like what's going on in the company exactly. kind of yeah
2: without even saying it you know what i mean Whoa. if they're like really angry or feeling sick like they're they are amplifying the lack of well-being in that space whereas Holy like cow. always like it's always so useful to have a reflector around not only because again what they share their perspective is so next level but also in terms of how they're embodying it like i had a reflector client a few years ago now who grew up I think it was in Missouri, but like, it doesn't matter. It could be anywhere, you know, but she grew up somewhere in a place that really didn't feel good, you know, and she was like diagnosed with a lot of like challenging health issues really early on and just like felt so much unease and so much a lack of well-being in that space. And then when she was able to like choose and have agency to kind of move in a place that moved to a place that felt good. And for her, that was New York. Obviously it will be different for everyone. Those things disappeared you wow. know? And I don't know if that's like always going to be true. Like, but I do think that in that case, it was like by selecting that space that felt good and being around people that felt good. So many of those things naturally resolved within her. So I would just like not um, underestimate the power of the space for these people.
0: Wow. And you were saying also like you, so is that also like my charter also like generators are sensitive to this? I space. Mean, your chart. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So not everyone. So like there are areas in our design where we are kind of really very sensitive to other people's energy and we're all going to have those. And so, and there are nine potential kind of big areas. And so what makes your reflector reflectors, every single one of those areas is open. Oh, wow. Kind of taking in that sensitivity everywhere. Like of the nine, you've got six open. So, you know, you're a generator, but you've got a lot of openness, a lot of sensitivity. So our chart not only reveals kind of where we are the most open and sensitive but also what are what are the things that are consistent within us like for you the consistency is like i've got a strong gut response i've got a really strong intuition and i'm really driven you know what i mean like those are kind of like powerful forces of energy that are more reliable whereas there's a lot more openness around like i'm feeling other people's emotions and i'm feeling their identity and my voice is always like my how i communicate is always changing i have all the ideas you know so those are areas in which you're meant to be a little bit more fluid.
0: That was so interesting. So what you're talking about now is the chart and it has like nine different centers. And so the link, and we can put it in the show notes. Yeah. Anybody can go on and put in their birthday and uh, the time and where and you'll get back the type you are and also your chart, correct? Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I looked at that chart for the first time. It was like, yeah.
2: What the heck, right?
0: No idea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, it does seem like there's a lot of open spaces. So not all generators will necessarily have all those open spaces
2: at all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could have a generator with every single center colored bin. Wow. You know, like I'm a projector and I've got not seven centers colored bin. I've only got two open, you oh, know? So there's just, there's so much. That's why I'm saying the type is so useful as a first step in terms of how we're designed to kind of best use and leverage our energy, but there's so much more to it. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's so powerful to kind of go deeper and also understand all the layers that are there.
0: Oh my gosh. I feel like you could do like 10 different Podcasts on human design, like going into like each, like it's so crazy type, and like what. So, why don't we concentrate on like, um, so you were saying I have a strong gut response. So, does that mean like the, um, space with where the gut would be is filled in is that what that
2: exactly okay got it and so it just means that you've got like a reliable consistent gut response and we all have something called our inner authority which is how we're meant to make decisions so for you it is all about making decisions in the moment based on what feels right in your gut Mm. whereas like for me my gut center is wide open so I don't really have a consistent gut response. So all the advice out there, like, listen to your gut, follow your gut. I'm like, what? I don't feel that, you know? Right. So it's like, whereas for me, for making decisions, I'm, I'm really meant to sleep on things and feel into things and kind of just like ride out my emotional wave and wait for a sense of clarity and calm. Oh,
0: that's and so, so fascinating.
2: Yeah. And so there's like, you know, a bajillion layers, but I do think if you're new to human design, you know, knowing your type, your strategy is so useful. Next piece I would recommend exploring is your inner authority because we're all meant to make decisions differently and not, only understanding yours, but also understanding your kids and your parents and your partner and your colleagues and your podcast co-hosts, like all those things are so transformative. Like my partner is more similar to you. He makes decisions in the moment based on his gut. I'm a lot slower in my decision-making understanding that difference and not making each other wrong for it has been like so useful for us because and some people are meant to talk things out you know some people are meant to like there's just there's so many variations and I think it really helps us support one another making the right decisions for us
0: with the talking piece out would the throat piece be filled in then Oh, yeah, that's so that interesting. So good. Look yeah. at that. I know I'm like, ooh, well, it makes it just as interesting because I sense, do. right. It does make sense, but I also yeah. do a lot of um, so I'm a muscle testing doctor and I do a lot of emotional work with my patients too. And so it's just interesting, sort of the way you've been saying certain things. It's so true. Like, all this stuff out about trusting your gut. And that's totally not the way you're supposed to interpret any of this stuff. But also we look at things like, thi- like I have a thyroid imbalance, something I've been working on and learning about. And so, you know, in my medicine, there's like all these different actual chemical or physical reasons, right? More like esoteric, we might say, like, "What are you not speaking, or "What are you being truthful about?" but it's also interesting that that part is open for me, and so I wonder like for the sensitive. human mm-hmm. yeah, so from a human design perspective, like what does that mean
2: so and it 's so interesting because I, I love that these things are feeling intuitive for you because even though the chart looks confusing yeah i do <laughs> that 's part of why I love human design is that like the deeper I have gone, like it all just makes sense right. Like, so i'm like duh uh huh yeah okay you know it's just like again it's not about like telling us stuff we don't know it just gives us a framework framework and a language to kind of like speak about dynamics we've never spoken about you know right, and right. so or never had the language for it so um the areas that are open in our design are often the areas where we can like have health issues, health oh. issues more <laughs> Funny. And it's, it's because we're taking another girl's energy and it's really easy to live in the shadow. Define areas too. You know, you might have more gut issues if you're not listening to your gut, you know what I mean? Mm. And if you're not doing what you're led up by. But like, for me, it's like a lot of gut issues when I'm in the shadow of that center for me, which is such being like super overzealous and working way too hard. Mm. And so for you, the open throat center basically means that it's very natural for you to have like a very fluid way of expressing yourself. Meaning mm. you might express yourself differently based on who you're around, where you are. The shadow of the center is basically feeling a need to like initiate communication and contribute and say something and feeling like if you don't say something, you won't be seen. There's like a little bit of a fear of being invisible. Um, and also sometimes, sometimes a tendency to kind of plan what you're going to say and then be like super surprised about like what actually plops out of your mouth. And oh, so the wisdom of the center is basically like listening, <laughs> like yeah. sitting back and giving your attention to other people and trusting that when you're invited in to share, your words are going to have tremendous impact, you know, huh. but not until that. And also not planning what you're going to say. Like, you're like, you've got such an ability with that kind of openness in your design to tune into exactly what needs to be said in that moment, in that space, you know? And so just kind of like allowing yourself to be more fluid and surrender there rather than kind of trying to control or be more consistent.
0: So what I think is so cool about that is so much of, like, I was just saying, like, what aren't you saying? Is there something you're not speaking? And like, maybe it's like, stop speaking. (laughs) Or like you know, just like yeah. you were saying, listen, and you could see so many different imbalances clear up because your example of your was it your projector client who had to move, or was it your reflector? Reflector. reflector. Yeah. We see that a lot, right? Like if someone's in a bad relationship, they have all these health issues, and they get out and they feel so much better. I mean, I think the emotional side of that is of illness and wellness is like so often neglected. But I also think it's interesting too, even just understanding those, even if you just understood if you have a strong gut response or not, and the way you need to process information, like that could be a life changer, just in that
2: for people. 100%. Like there's so many simple things like that can be such a, just transformational, like a real, a big difference between me and you just to give you an example. So like I'm an emotional decision maker, which as I shared is basically about needing to like sleep on things and feel into things. But part of what comes with that is that like, it's very natural for me to like ride emotional lows and highs. Like I not always know why I'm feeling what I'm feeling, but to feel like amazing. And then like a little bit more down and just like, there's just like a lot of emotional intensity happening within me. And it's an area in my design where I project out my emotions, meaning that I set the emotional tone of my space. If I'm feeling good, the people around me are going to feel great. You know, whereas you're kind of the opposite in a way that you take in everyone else's emotions. Oh, you're super no. empathic. And so, like, no, no, it's a, such a gift because you're. Oh, so okay. Coony. I'm like, oh, sounds no, exhausting. No, no. <laughs> it can be exhausting. The shadow of it would be like overwhelm. and would be like right. not knowing how to discern between what's yours and what's not and not taking appropriate space and trying to fix it all. And the wisdom was like, you know what? I've got so much wisdom about how emotions are affecting me and other people, but my work is to release what I'm feeling and to treat what I'm feeling as intel into the world around me rather than taking it on as my own. Oh, so cool. And that's where those boundaries come in then, right? Exactly. Because if you're
0: feeling everybody else's stuff, it's like really being able to distinguish what's like mine and what's yours.
2: Totally, you know, and so just like for me, I feel so much permission to be like, oh, I ride these waves. Who knows? I just got to feel them and know when to be more reclusive and when to be around people. And for you, it's like, wow, so much of what I'm feeling is actually an amplification of the environment around me. So, how can I be so ruthless about who I'm around, given that I'm going to feel their energy? And if I'm feeling a lot, like, how can I just retreat and take my own space so I can kind of come back to my own neutrality and act and speak from that place? Oh my gosh. That's so cool. That is very true.
0: And I think this year has been really interesting, right? Because you can, I mean, I can feel like just the heightened anxiety of like the collective, it seems like, and their fear and their, you know, all these different things. And so it's like, oh, choosing to just chill this weekend or whatever Mm -hmm. might, you know, might be different or like, yeah, that's really fascinating. You mentioned the strategy piece. And so when you get your chart, it has a couple things that are written in there. I don't remember what it was called. One of them said like frustration for me or something. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a strategy. Maybe talk about a little bit about the strategy and what yeah. that means.
2: So the strategy, I actually mentioned it earlier, but I just wove it in with the type. So basically yeah. the strategy for generators and manifesting generators is about magnetism. It's about oh, letting okay. things come to you. And then projectors is about waiting for an invitation. For manifestors, it's about initiating and informing. And then for reflectors, it's basically about giving yourself a lot of time when you make decisions, but also waiting for that kind of invitation and to be initiated by other people. Okay. Got it. And Um, then what was the other thing? The not self. And I also want to mention one thing you might be interested in is like, just like health wise, you know, the recommendation in human design, specifically for projectors, reflectors and manifestors, but I actually really believe it's true for everyone. And I would say, especially for you is to sleep in your own bed. And like, I know it's like, so not what we've been taught. And like, I, I will preface this by saying like with all of human design, take what resonates, leave the rest, you know? Um- and it's not always financially feasible or even desirable to have your own separate sleeping space. But the idea is that we take in so much energy when we sleep and sleep can actually be this really precious time to release the energy that's not ours and to wake up oh, as wow. ourselves. And so the recommendation is actually to have separate bedrooms if you live with a partner or maybe sleeping apart a couple of nights a week or maybe going to bed earlier, waking up later. So I know there's like so much stigma and misunderstanding about that but I really do think it makes for such sustainable relationships because when you think about all those areas that are open if you're sleeping with a partner and they they have a lot of emotions or all these things, like you're going to take that in. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. That's so fascinating. Is that so fascinating? You know, there so. are
0: other countries who have been doing this for like years. you know, and it's not weird. I think Canada is actually one of them. And if you're Canadian and I'm wrong about that, I'm so sorry, (laughs) but it's like, I do know about these countries where it's like, no, we, we just sleep in separate bedrooms, like makes her a better relationship. And I think in the United States, it's a lot more like then what's wrong with your marriage or right.
2: I know. I, my, my partner, we have our own bedrooms and it's like the best thing in the whole world for us. And so I just like, I just like always like to throw it in because I so know it's not what we've been taught, but I also think most people I talk to are like, Oh my God, that would be a dream. Is that allowed? <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: is that allowed? Is that okay? Does that mean something's wrong? Right. Yeah.
2: Oh, that is so like, So it's so cool, and I just think like, even with the health stuff, you know, I think it really is such a kind of purifying time for ourselves to really reconnect to what's ours. Oh, I um, like that. So, but the question you had asked about the frustrations. So basically mm. every type in human design will have a signature that reveals whether we're on track or off track. And so for you, for generators and manifesting generators, a sense of being off track is a feeling of frustration, which is like resentment, dissatisfaction in the work that you're doing, perhaps the feeling that you're initiating things and it's not really happening for you. And a sense of being on track is a feeling of deep satisfaction. It's like, I'm satisfied with mm. my relationships, my work and what I'm doing for projectors a sense of being off track is bitterness not feeling recognized not feeling appreciated not feeling invited in a sense of being on track is a feeling of success you know material success but also i feel the success in my relationship and like i feel invited right, in to share right. who i am For manifestors, off-track is a sense of anger. You know, when their flow is disrupted, they don't feel empowered to be in control in the way that they're meant to. On-track is a sense of peace. You know, able to kind of manifest with ease. And for reflectors, a sense of off-track is disappointment, often when they're magnifying a lack of well-being in their environment, and they're like trying to be something that they're not. And on-track is a sense of surprise kind of being like really in the flow and surrendered with what's showing up so you know the point in understanding these on track and off track signs is not you know it's not about like eradicating that off track piece it's more about right. using it as a tool to course correct so like for you and frustration shows up in an overwhelming way it's an inv- invitation to kind of step back and check in like Am I trusting my gut? Am I really lit up by this thing? Am I letting it come to me? And kind of waiting for your gut to pull you back in. Whereas like, mm-hmm. I feel a lot of bitterness It's stepping out and be like, do I still feel recognized here? Do I still feel invited in? Maybe the invitation has expired. Like maybe it's not the right thing for me anymore. Or maybe I need to have a conversation and see if that invitation is still renewed.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love yeah. like just tapping in and being able to see like does like those different emotions and being, a- I like the course correction. I think that's really neat.
2: Yeah. It's just like it can be so simple, but like so useful. And it doesn't mean that like I as a projector won't experience frustration, but I so do identify with the bitterness because it's right. kind of this like I have all these this stuff I want to share. No one wants to listen. You know, it's just so I think that it really is such a good signal for me to kind of help bring me back on track and reorient. Oh, so cool.
0: I mean, I feel like there's so much information you can just get in the beginning if you understand like even a couple of things. Probably. But I can also see And we will not, you know, we do not have to go into this, but I, there's all these like lines and they're colored in and some are black and some are red. And that's when I'm like, hmm, (laughs) I I think it would be beneficial to have somebody like really be able to, who gets that and put it into like a, you know, functional use Mm -hmm. for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, and I think that like, that's why it's like, it can look overwhelming. And I think that it's really just about translating it in a way that is like accessible for people. Like those lines, like basically when they're, they're called our channels and usually I just call them our strengths. Like they're just like innate strengths that you carry. You know what I mean? For you, it's like innate strength to like handle things in moments of crisis, to kind of be so embodied in those moments and know exactly what needs to happen, you know, and out of your head. And like, also like, a desire and kind of like energy to like fight and stand up for things and find purpose, you know, and like really inspire other people to do the same, you know? So there are pieces that like are a little bit less actionable, but when we align with our design, those things just naturally emerge within us. Right. Oh, that's so cool.
0: Yeah. I have one more question before we wrap up. I know you have a busy day. Um, In terms of like, it's interesting because it's the same information that you use for like your astrology, your birth chart. Um, And I think astrology, I think I have a friend who's an astrologist. And I think she said she she does use it to be predictive at some points, whereas human design, you really don't really use it to be predictive. Correct?
2: Correct. You can see some, you can definitely look at like planetary influences and things like that, but that's usually not my focus. And I think it's more around just like equipping people with the tools of their operating system and letting them work with that.
0: And then able to also look at like. Like you said, like your partner or your podcast partner, or your family or your kids, and just being able to see like how you best would communicate and work with each other.
2: Yes, exactly. Because not only can you look at an individual chart, but you can actually layer charts on top of each other and you can start to see like, what is a partnership dynamic? Like how can you best support each other? Where might you trigger each other? What's the communication dynamic, the emotional dynamic, you know? or you can also do team stuff where you can layer all the charts on top of each other and start to kind of see where the gaps are. So yeah, there's just like, there's so many layers that kind of reveal all the energetic dynamics that are underneath underneath the surface. And like, you know, I've used it in building a lot of teams in the past. And it's so interesting because it's just like, sometimes it's like, this person's not working, not because anything's wrong with them, but like the energy just isn't working in terms of like what we inspire in each other, you know? So it really helps us build such like functional dynamics. And at, you know, mostly because it helps us understand and honor how different we are, yeah. Like whether it's romantic or business or, you know, whatever. It's like we get really tripped up when we kind of expect someone to be more similar to us or different than what they are. And so when I think we have this language to like really honor how different they are from us and like we can really respect it. There's so much magic and compassion and understanding that's really available for them.
0: Yeah, and just like you said, also giving yourself that permission to maybe step into or step out of some of these things that have never felt right
2: for you and 100%. Yeah,
0: like you're like like for yeah. you, you're like I'm trying to like work and do like put like all these to-dos and it's like your whole design is like please stop. Please stop. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not, that's not the way.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, you know? So I think that like yeah, it gives us so much permission to be ourselves more than anything else. That's so
0: cool, Erin. So tell everyone, we might have to do a part two at some point if you're interested, because I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'd love to dive into some of these centers.
2: I know, um, that's so fascinating. It's cool with your work too. I think understanding those would be useful.
0: I was thinking that too, like even just doing a, click, a quick glance at like a patient's design with like my limited stuff that I know, but like 100%. learning more and being able to help them a little bit more, I think would be really fascinating. It'd be 100%. cool. Yeah. Yes um, tell our audience where they can follow you or if there's anything you have coming up that might be of like interest to people, like yeah. just all the things.
2: Yeah. So, um, I'm Aaron Claire Jones everywhere. So I'm Aaron Claire Jones on Instagram, ErinClaireJones.com is my website. Um, I share a lot on Instagram and I think if people want to go deeper I have something called the blueprint which is basically a 30 page plus pdf on your unique design so it's like instead of like looking at that chart and trying to figure it out it basically is a translation of all the information that is most relevant to you and in super accessible language it's not like you have gate one and therefore it's in your (laughs) head so like you're creative you know what I mean so um, it's kind of just meant to be like an operating manual about you that you can keep returning to that so that goes through your type your strategy your authority, your definition, your open centers, your channels, your profile, all that stuff. Um, and then I also offer individual sessions, partnership sessions, team sessions, um, and then do immersive workshops as well. Oh my gosh. Awesome.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah I love your Instagram. I think it's really cool. All of, like the little things of breaking down the different types and it's really, it's really fascinating. So definitely yeah. check her out. All right, cool. Erin, thank you so much for being on. Of course, loved thank it you so for having me. Of course.
1: The statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the FDA. Information provided here and products recommended or sold on coffeewiththedocs.com and or our podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The information provided by this site and or by this podcast is not a substitute for a face-to-face consultation with your physician and should not be construed as medical advice of any sort. By using any of this information or reading it, you are accepting responsibility for your own health and health decisions and expressly release Dr. Nicole Huffman and Dr. Abby Kramer and its partners and guests from any and all liability whatsoever, including that arising from negligence.